Damian Lillard sets a deadline. Sort of. Draymond Green stomp gate is out of control. There was a debate on Twitter about spilled popcorn on a plane that set me afire. Also, I lost my blue check mark today, but someone didn't. Did they pay for it? We're going to talk about that. And also, Brenna Green dissed me for like three weeks. She just went off, gallivanting around the country, didn't want to talk to me, didn't return my text, didn't want to do the podcast with me. I see all this, so we're going to talk about that as well. Anyway, I'm Aaron Ventures. She's looking at me very funny right now. I work with the Oregonian. Brenna Green is here again, as always. Well, except for when she dissed me for three weeks. She works as a Coin 6 sports anchor and reporter extraordinaire. Brenna, three weeks has been since we've did, done a show. Where you been? Okay. Okay. Let's first of all say <laughs> that I did try to make this work while I was on the road. So don't don't say <laughs> that I didn't try. Okay. But uh, yeah, I decided I, I didn't know that my life was going to get absolutely insane during March Madness. But boy, did it. Uh, let's see. I had the trip to the WCC tournament already scheduled. That's what I started, started off at, at the beginning of March. And then I went straight into OSAA playoffs. From there, I had like a few days off because we had the state championships on our airwaves. I had like maybe a day or two. I honestly, I only took a day off during that span. Went down to LA for the women's NCAA tournament to cover UP. Then got a call. The two, I had, I think I had Monday, Tuesday off that week. Um, I got a call on Tuesday saying, hey, corporate needs some help up in Seattle for the women's NCAA tournament. Would you like to go do that? And I said, "Uh, yeah, don't mind if I do. So I got in a car less than 24 hours after that to drive up to Seattle and spend six days in Seattle helping out with the women's NCAA tournament up there. And then I already had my trip to the Final Four booked for months. So uh, I went down to Houston for the men's Final Four. Um, and had a good old time, and uh, and yeah. Anyway, so I basically decided to chase an orange ball around um, the United <laughs> States for about a month. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen. I had no idea the other two things that ended up getting put on there. But um, I mean, can anyone blame me? But I did. I did try to make it work during that time span. I so. mean, there was a couple times you said I could do a podcast between. This time and that time, take it or leave it, Buster, because I'm getting on the plane. I mean, I remember that. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry that I can't adjust plane times. I mean, you know, where's 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 the priorities? Anyway, wow, you were all over the place. I, I saw some of your uh, your stuff on your Instagram page. It looked like you had a lot of fun. Did a great job. What was the most uh, exciting time for you on that whirlwind? Oh, well, I mean, I think watching that San Diego State Final Four game was pretty cool. That was pretty awesome. Uh, I, I'm, And I also, one of my best friends in the business covers San Diego State, works for a station in San Diego. And so right at the under four timeout, I moved over and sat next to him because I was like, I want to see what happens. And if something crazy happens, I want to be there and like kind of get his reaction. So now I have like this video on my phone of him like giving like, oh, my gosh. Um, as that game winner went in, so that was that was pretty fun. I was, was just was pretty cool. I was there. just happy to see someone work for you know a regular mid range shot instead of just coming out and jacking up a three like your Gonzaga team did. I mean, they made it, but still, whatever. Hey, if I'm you, I'm rooting for Julian Strother to get drafted by the Blazers because I will tell Do you, you like this: him? at least, Ju- well, Julian's a great quote. Mm. Oh, okay, great <laughs> quote. Great family, great guy. Julian Strother gets drafted. I'm going to be 
We have it on the record. If Julian Strother gets drafted and we're all in the practice facility, somebody should put a camera on me immediately because I'm going to be so thrilled. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's not really what the Blazers, quote unquote, need right now. But <laughs> where's he projected? So, um, late first, early second, I would say. Hmm, they, so it's they I know Blazers have the forty three. They got twenty third yeah. pick from the Knicks. Never know. All right. Speaking know. of the Blazers. <clears throat> yeah. Damian Lillard has finally said it. I've been waiting for two years for him to just come out and say this. I've been saying it for two years. I've had sources in the NBA tell me that's pretty much kind of a thing. I asked Joe Cronin at the press conference. I said, do you feel any pressure at all to get something done this season, or this summer, before maybe Lillard's loyalty runs out? He said he didn't look at it, at, at it that way because he can't control that. And then Stephen A is on, excuse me, Lillard's on... TV slash whatever broadcast he was on. Uh, was it was that Stephen A's podcast? It too? was Stephen A. Was it, 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 his... was, it, was, it was an alternate uh, feed, feed for an NBA game. Okay, yeah. That Stephen A was hosting. <clears throat> right, for one of the, the TNT playoffs. Right. And um, anyway, so he asked Lillard about getting something done this summer, and Lillard pretty much said, hey, you know, I want to see something done now. Uh, if something's not done, then it's, it's probably time to have a conversation. And now that he said it, we all can say <laughs> publicly without alienating him because he's been on. I mean, it's weird because he's out there saying he's loyal, 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 loyal. So if someone and I've done this a couple of times in the past where I've said, well, we'll see what happens because of this. Then fans kind of attack you a little bit. But to me, it's just a no brainer. It's like he's going to be 33 this summer. If you don't get something done this summer, what's the motivation for either side to continue the relationship? They both could benefit from going in their separate ways. So. My first question to you, Brenna, A, what did you, like, did you read it, interpret it the way I did and everyone else kind of did? Or did you see, like, sometimes there's nuances and I kind of saw where there was a little bit of out into what he was saying. Or do you think that was like, get something done now or it's time for me to move? Well, first of all, didn't he say like almost the exact same thing at the end of year presser that we had? You know, the exit interview. It's Did like it, it felt very similar to me. Yes, there was it never felt any very time, but there was never any time frame. Like I, I don't want to go young. I want vets. This and that, but there was never any. If we don't do something this summer, it's time for maybe me to go or have the conversation. He didn't. He never said anything remotely close to that. I don't know. I kind of maybe maybe I just extrapolated maybe too much and got it. that got that vibe. But I definitely I I you know I saw that Stephen A thing and I was like, well yeah, I feel like I've kind of already been here and done this. But okay, whatever. Um, so <laughs> you know, like yeah, I mean, I, we all know that you know right now it's a bit of a holding pattern for the Blazers. We know that whatever happens with that pick. You know, what happens and at the lottery in a few weeks is going to be absolutely consequential in terms of the future of this franchise and, in particular, the future of Damian Lillard. You know, if they get the number one pick, we know what's going on. They get the number two pick, they better get there. They, they know. They know that they, they have to use that for something bigger. Anything beyond the number one pick, they have got to get a vet out of that. It's, it's not an if, and, or but. If you want Damien to stay around, you have to trade that pick in order to get something that is going to be worthwhile for him to be here for still because uh, Scoot Henderson ain't it. Sorry, uh, Brent. <laughs> it's just not, you know? So, um, so you know, th- they are really th- – what happens from May 16th until, you know, the 
the trade de- or the until the draft, sorry, until the draft is one of the biggest months in Trailblazer history. Period. End of story. Uh, so I, you know, when I saw him say, you know, hey, if we, you know, if, if things don't work out, I'm, I, it might be time for me to move on. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I wasn't too. I, I don't know. I guess. Some people were a little bit more surprised than I was. Well, I, just wasn't, like, oh. I, I was just happy to hear him say it definitively. Like, I think it, to me, Fair. it was a given. Now, when he goes around and keeps, you know, talking about loyalty, talking about loyalty, you know, you can walk away and say, well, maybe he will just suck it up and just whatever happens, happens and not worry about it. I've never bought that. I believe, number one, he'd rather have a look at a title in Portland and fall short than just jump on the bandwagon and win one. But the second choice is to go somewhere else and win one as opposed to never even having a chance. I think he would regret okay. that and, you know, for the rest of his life if he never even just had a chance. Um, so, yeah, and this is the summer. You're not going to wait till 34. That doesn't make any sense. His value goes down. Who knows what yep. injury could be coming? I mean, <laughs> yeah. we saw Durant blot his Achilles. We saw Clay get injured. You know, Jordan retired the second time in 1988. He was only 35. So, like, we're getting to that age. Kobe started breaking down. I mean, even before the Achilles, he started to go downhill. The Achilles sent him over the cliff. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, he's at that age where it's either now or never. Now, I don't believe – now, they have – okay, they have arguably the greatest set of assets they've ever had to go make a move with Ant, Sharp, and a a top – at least, I mean, they might fall to sixth, but, you know, top six pick. I don't think they've ever had an arsenal like that, except for maybe when they won number one, they could have probably done something with that Odin pick. Um, But I just don't buy, though, that they're going to actually land that huge fish. And by huge fish, we're talking (laughs) when they make the deal, the day they make the deal, you're like Blazers are a top two contender in the West. Like automatically, it's not even an issue. And that guys like that are going to be Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid, maybe Siakam. I don't know. Huh? Who? Maybe Bridges. Maybe Bridges. See, I don't think Bridges is that guy. Like, I, uh, like yep. he, now he's done really well there in 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 with the Nets because he's got getting more yeah. shots and everything like that. But he was a role player on the previous contender. So is he a guy who changes everything in that realm? I don't think so. I think he's a second tier guy. Like OG um, and Bridges would be in that second tier. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean Tyler Hero might be more of a third tier. But you know, there's guys who can help you, but they're not going to put you over the top. I think that's where they're going to live. Like, I think they can maybe get two players like that with those assets as opposed to the big fish. Now, Jalen Brown asked out, right? If he says, I want out, then, yeah, you're in play for that. Or does Boston say, yeah, we'll trade you Jalen Brown for Dane? Because now that Dane's made it clear that if nothing happens this summer, he wants out. If I'm another team and I'm deciding whether to trade my star and start over or I get another star, why am I not waiting Portland out? If I'm Philadelphia and Harden leaves, like everyone says, Harden's going to leave and Philly's going to be screwed, which I think is nonsense. You can just start Maxi, or you can go get Kyrie Irving, who's going to be on a bargain basement bin, right? Why am I not saying, well, I'm not trading Embiid to Portland. I'm going to wait till you can't pull off a deal, so you're going to trade Lillard to me. <laughs> so anyway, that's sort of where I see things falling. Yeah, I, it's like I said, I think we are in for um... – one of the most consequential months in this franchise's history coming up. It's going to be awesome. Fascinating. Just get it done. Now, I will say this too. I'm very intrigued by a rebuild post-Lillard if that comes about. Because if they can get one good young player, they're not going to get... Some people seem to think if they trade him to Miami, they were going to get Bam back. That's not... Why is Dame going to Miami to play 
without Bam. Like if Dame gets traded, it's gonna he's gonna it's gonna be a very small list, a short list of teams he's gonna go to. It has to be a team that's gonna still contend after he arrives. Otherwise, why is he going? He's not gonna request a trade to Indiana or Orlando or like and Portland's not gonna dog him like that. Portland's not gonna say, okay, best offer, come come and get him. They're gonna say, okay, Dan, where do you want to go? And then try and work something out with those few teams. So he can go to Philly and contend with Embiid. He can go to Miami and contend with Butler and Bam. That means Tyler Hero probably comes back. If he goes to Boston, Boston might say, ah, we'll give you, you know, Derek White and some picks and someone like, are they going to give you Jalen Brown? Not if Jalen Brown wants to stay because why are you trading a 26-year-old star who's 6'7", two-way player for a 33-year-old guy? I'm just, I don't think see them doing it. So it's going to be a small, short list of teams that they can make the deal with. But if you get a good young player and you get some picks, and then you still have your lottery pick and a 23rd pick and 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 Sharp, you are just on your way to a, what could be a pretty quick turnaround. It may take still a couple of years for the guys to grow up. You're going to suck again and have a lottery pick in 24. It's probably going to be top 10 as well. If you hit on that one as well as this one, boom, you're loaded with a lot of young talent. You're, you're looking even better than what OKC looks like right now. It's going to be fascinating. <laughs> All right, so let's segue um, then to... One veteran. This is a great segue. One veteran who could actually maybe be in the mix for the Blazers as one of these second or third tier guys they could get, and that's free agent to be Draymond Green, who stomped Sabonis in the chest. I don't care what anyone says about the foot grab. Doesn't mean anything to me. He stomped my man on the chest. That is wrong. He deserved a suspension. He deserved to be ejected. However. Who came to his defense on Twitter? Damon Nurkic. Mm-hmm. But first, let's start with the stomp itself. Do you think it was a stomp or was it accidental because he had nowhere else to step? As he claimed, do you think he should have been ejected? Do you think Sabonis should have also been ejected? Do you think Green, Green should have been uh, suspended as well? Okay. Um, I do think that Sabonis probably deserved some sort of I don't know, maybe I, honestly, I think Sabonis probably should have been ejected. Too. Boo, no. Go ahead. Boo. I know. Well, and hey, hey, you know that's genuine coming from me since he's a Gonzaga alum. Uh, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, I, I didn't I didn't like the foot grab. Didn't like it. But it was, now, it, was, it, was it was accidental almost. I'll explain later. Keep, go ahead. Finish. Okay. All right. I'd love to hear your perspective on how somebody grabbing someone else's foot is accidental. Okay, um, but uh, but definitely the stomp was um, that was. So that's not that if if he didn't have he kind of like raised his foot a little bit before he went down right. into him uh that that is if if he didn't have a place to put his foot he wouldn't have raised his foot right. to begin with so and i mean you know yeah him being suspended over I, can we talk about what happened at the end of the first game with draymond and sabonis sure. did you see that I, I don't remember. yeah okay so draymond um it was it was on a box out and Draymond, like, literally sat his booty down on Sabonis and wouldn't let him get up to go to the other end of the floor. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So, like, yeah, there's a past history of – there's obviously a past history of Draymond doing unsportsmanlike things. And that's also included. It literally happened the game before. So, I mean, like, I was sitting in the office and I was like, wait, what just happened? Can we replay that? And then I went and saw it and I was like, that's Draymond on Sabonis. And Draymond's sitting there because he knows – that Sabonis is a help offensively for the Sacramento Kings. And so he said, my best defense is to sit my booty down on him right now. <laughs> so, and that, that's what happened. He literally tried to sit on Sabonis. So Sabonis couldn't get up. So, I mean, you know, like, like that, that happened the game before. 
I so I I definitely think that Draymond was uh, it was warranted for him. To, it is slash was warranted for him to be suspended to say the least. Okay. Now let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Dame out here crouting. Okay. Wait 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 wait, Dame, wait wait before we get to that. Let's I gotta finish I, my Sabonis defense. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah you you Okay so first of all no one's ever been ejected for grabbing someone's foot or leg. I don't think in the history of the NBA. Okay. If he would have face planted, then well, that's probably. a different story. But he 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 quote unquote held on to his it's leg for less than. Out of the action? Well, again, I don't think anyone's been suspended for or ejected for that kind of thing. People yeah. grab things sometimes, and I've never can recall anyone being ejected for that. That's one. Number two, let's now. I'm a JFK assassination buff guy, and of course, you know the back to the left died. You know analyzing the video. I'm very big into that. So when I see something like this, I like to watch it over and over and over and over again so I really get an idea of every little movement. So if you look at it, Sabonis so goes down and he falls at Draymond's foot and he actually hits his uh, shoulder on the foot or the upper or the lower leg. So Draymond's foot is right next to his head. So that means his left arm is on the other side of Draymond's leg. So Draymond's leg is between his head and his arm. His right arm is on the other side. So if he, if he falls to the ground, he, he hit a foot already. It looks to me like he goes to cover his head. If you look at it, his forearms go to his head. If you cover your head so you don't get kicked in the head, you put your forearms over your head. You don't cover it with your hands. You put your forearms to try and block any kind of blow. So by doing that, his left arm naturally is going to wrap around Draymond's foot and, and bring it closer to his, even closer to his head. Then when Draymond lifts up, he lifts up into the arms. And again, he's, Sabonis is clutching his, his arms together, so he's going to be some resistance there. And then once he realizes someone's pulling up from him, he, he immediately lets go. So I'm not convinced that it was on purpose. A lot of people who play the NBA, who are on TV talking about this, they're like, Sabonis knew what he was doing. Fine, maybe he did. Maybe he went to, to protect his head and then realized, oh, I got Draymond's foot. I'm going to hold on to it for a second. Regardless, that's not ejectable to me. Nor, and it just drives me nuts that people were like, Oh, yeah, Draymond stomped on him, but Sabonis grabbed his leg. One does not lead to the other. We have this weird thing in our society, and I see this in other areas of life, too, where, like, well, oh, take, yeah. take the Draymond pool thing. Draymond gets in Poole's face. Poole shoves Draymond out of his face, which actually, because Draymond's so big, Poole just kind of shoved his way, himself away from Draymond. Draymond punches him. Draymond punching him is criminal. That would be a criminal charge. Pushing someone would not result in someone being arrested for that. It just wouldn't. But people justify the punch for the shove, even though Draymond got into his face. People seem to have this idea, oh, he got in my face and he shoved me, so I shot him. Okay, you murdered the guy. Yeah, but he, he pushed me first. Like, people literally think like that in our society. So it drove me nuts when people were saying that, that uh, Draymond had a right to stomp on him and it wasn't his fault because someone was grabbing his foot. It's ridiculous. He deserved to be suspended and ejected. I definitely subscribe to your same uh, thought process of people saying, oh, well, because this happened, then the other thing is deserved. It's, it, 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 it doesn't work like that. No. It doesn't work like that. It's never worked like that. Be the bigger person. Goodbye. So, and we all know, D Draymond hasn't exactly <laughs> been the bigger person at some point yeah, in his career. His prior, has played, okay. his prior has played a factor in this, clearly. Oh, well, I mean, the NBA even admitted it. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult for Draymond to go, oh, I was innocent. Oh, really? What about these other 75 times you did something ridiculous? So, okay. Now can we move on? Wait, to but I, I need your response to my Sabonis defense. I mean, 
I don't know. It looked a little bit more intentional to me than just that. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. That's, that's my thoughts. It looked a little bit more intentional and, um, you know, that's that. But okay. like I said, like we both said, the stomp was unnecessary. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Unnecessary. Okay. We ready to move on to the crew? We now? are. Because that's really <laughs> what crew. I'm interested in. I know. In. You're, just, you're just sitting there waiting for me to get done with my little diatribe on Sabono so you can get on to the next topic. I appreciate your patience. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Dame out here, crew. Okay. <laughs> there is no coincidence that the thing that he has tweeted about multiple times since it happened is Draymond Green. Okay. They played together on Team USA. This is a relationship. It's well documented that they they do get along, and uh, yeah, he's just trying to build some goodwill. Think I so? have a feeling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, maybe I'm sure that he does agree with his own opinions on it. But you know, there's obviously been multiple tweets from Damien about it, and uh, we all know that if the Warriors lose this round, there is going to be some blow it up. Um, stuff going on uh, in terms of them trying to figure out where to ship off all their, you know, how to figure out things salary cap wise and, you know, future and all that sort of stuff. And one of the people who would absolutely be on the block is Draymond. So um, I now <laughs> the other part of this is uh, how good of a relationship. I mean, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, it is what it is and whatever, but obviously the uh, whole uh, Gary Payton situation with the Warriors and the Blazers, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, left some sour tastes in some people's mouths. Um, particularly, I would imagine, and I haven't talked to anybody around the Blazers organization, but I would imagine that uh, that wasn't, you know, the, that whole situation wasn't exactly appreciated with, you know, them accusing the Blazers of toward all shots, and that was not the situation. Um, anyways, I digress. Uh, but, I mean, you know, obviously... I don't think, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Damien would be opposed to having Draymond come here. Let's put it that way. Absolutely not. So Draymond has a player option <clears throat> for next season at $27.5 million. He's about to turn 34, I think, pretty soon. He's 33 now, I think. Uh, but he still obviously can make an impact, especially on defense. He's a good passer facilitator. He's a vet who knows what he's doing. I mean, he's exactly everything that Cronin and Billups and Lillard talked about needing. He fits all of it. <laughs> he does everything that they need someone to help do on this team. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely, Damian wants this guy on his team because he would change the, the complete complexion of, of everything they're trying to do offensively and defensively mm-hmm. even. So the question though is, how do you get him? Like the, the Blazers are not going to have cap space to just go out and get this guy. So it, they would have to be creative and try and create a way to get him in. What's he going to want? You know, if he's making schedule to make twenty eight, what's it going to take for him to drop that and, and get into free agency? Are the Blazers going to have to try and figure out a way to, to bring him in at you know three years ninety or three years you know? two years 60 I don't know what it's three years 75 I don't know what it what it would take to get him in here but it's gonna be extremely difficult a sign and trade could work but like you said the relationship we don't know what the relationship's like what are you really gonna give them like you're not gonna give up sharp and ant in a deal like this would you give them the Knicks pick sign and trade with the Knicks pick then you have to you know give up some salaries they do have a trade exception with the Gary Payton thing uh so they'd have to get creative to make that happen but absolutely now I talked earlier about I don't think they're gonna land the big 
fish in this offseason. But I think they can get two medium-sized fishes. And if you walked out of the offseason with Draymond and OG, boom, <laughs> let's go. Dame's happy. Dame's happy. Off. Your team's different. Now, you have to figure things out with Grant, OG, and, and, and uh, Draymond because there's some redundancy there. I think, you know, I mean, OG would be the three. And then, I mean, uh, uh, Draymond plays four. And so does Grant. You can go small ball a lot. But, you know, Nurkic, like, how do you work that out? I don't know. Uh, but at the end of the day, that could be what it ends up looking like in terms of their accusation, acquisitions. So, yeah, I, Draymond, I'm not a huge fan of some of the things he does, but adding him would be just huge for this team. But we'll see if it can happen or not because it's going to be complicated. Damien's just trying to add some goodwill out there. And Nurkic was helping. <laughs> I know, which is really interesting. Um so yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Now we're gonna you we're, come at me. Yeah, we're gonna move on real quick. Come, to the, come at me, bro. The blue the blue check mark on Twitter. So Elon Musk created blue, Twitter Blue, where any Joe Schmo can sign up for Twitter quote unquote verification, even though it really doesn't verify them necessarily to the public because you don't have to use your name or a real photo or anything. You can just still be just some random troll, but be quote unquote verified. Why he made them the blue check mark, just like truly verified people, I believe, was simply to prey on those out there who view the blue check mark as a, as, a, as a show of clout and status. And so they're going to be suckers of, oh, I can pay back. I have, look at me, I'm verified. I have the same stout and Cladis, or status and stout and Cladis. <laughs> clout and status, sorry. Uh, and so I think he suckered people into doing that. But then he made it so that, oh, if you're really truly a legacy verified person, you have to pay for it too. A lot of people who are verified are like, why am I going to pay for the blue check mark that you gave everyone? It, it loses its cachet. It ha- doesn't have the same value anymore. So why am I going to pay for it? Where's the incentive? And so a lot of people have decided they're not going to. I checked earlier today and I saw that I lost my mark. And I, actually, I saw someone else saying that they lost theirs. I checked mine was gone. I checked a bunch of other people, Matt Prem. Uh, Kanzano, Anna Kanzano, uh, our, everyone else at the Oregonian, including um, Crepia and Orem, I think lost his. And just a lot, of, a lot of people in the market lost theirs. But then I noticed that someone that I do a podcast with still had hers. And then I thought, huh. And I checked in Orlando for KGW still has his. So I thought, well, you know what? They're a, they're a, they work with TV networks. That are affiliated with a much much bigger entities like CBS and um, <clears throat> NBC, and that maybe there's a trickle down thing because those entities kept their marks, so maybe everyone under that umbrella automatically kept theirs as well. But it seems like Brenna has a different story to tell. I do. Go ahead. I do. Go ahead. Okay. Brenna. Here are my justifications as to why Just I, as, you, what? as, as I, as I, you know, I, you know what? Uh-huh. I have it on the record. I pay for Twitter. <gasps> Shame. It has nothing to do with clout. Nothing. Okay. I believe there that. Are two reasons but go ahead. why I play. Thank you so much. Why <laughs> I pay for Twitter. Blue. One, unlimited video minutes. If I want to tweet out a story of mine and it goes longer than 220, I can tweet that story. I could tweet all three and a half minutes if I've got some big odyssey, okay? And that's very valuable to me and what I do in my job. Um, So that is numero uno for me. I have unlimited video, and that's something that matters to me in my field, okay? Number two, 
You ever have a tweet go viral and then you realize there's a uh, there's a there's a misspelled word in there? Yeah, that's that's not that's that's really annoying. Okay, it's really annoying. So I can edit stuff under Twitter Blue as well. How long can you do that? that? For? Half an hour. So, those are the reasons why I pay for Twitter Blue. I think that that makes some sense. It has nothing, nothing, nothing to do with the actual checkmark. So, I rest my case, okay? Are those those sufficient enough reasons for you? Given that you work in television, I will accept the extra video length as a legit professional reason to pay for that service and that service just happens to come with the Twitter blue checkmark. So I will, I will accept that and not shame you in public with the, the shame, shame, shame gif from the Game of Thrones. So I would imagine that this, the rationale is the same for Orlando. Um, I will say I got a text today from somebody in the business who says, who told me, you better unsign up for Twitter blue because uh, you're about to get mocked on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, fine, if I need to explain why I pay for Twitter Blue on Twitter, then I will. Okay, everybody, back off. I have legitimate reasons. I'll, I'll um, give you that. I'll give you that. So, there you go. Okay. I'm glad. And you know what? I appreciate you, Aaron Fentress, for giving me the platform to discuss this absolutely imperative, crucial manner in, matter in our lives. I try to be fair. I try to be fair. Now, I still believe <clears throat> that there's a game going on that, that Twitter's executing and it seems Ooh, to me like there's are we, a are we getting conspiracy theory aaron well let's do it do you remember the dr seuss book about the sneeches some had no. stars on her belly some didn't no. did you ever read dr seuss books when you were a kid i i did okay. but i don't really remember anything so about. anyway there was this world somewhere where you had these sneeches and some had stars on their bellies and some didn't and the ones who had stars on their bellies thought they were better than the ones who didn't. The ones who didn't felt inferior to the ones who had stars. So a guy comes along with a machine where you jump into it and you come out of it with a star. So all of those without the star jump into this machine. They come out with the star and they feel, they feel important now because they have a star just like the, the important star sneeches. And the star sneeches are pissed because they're like, wait a minute. It's no longer special to have a star now. This sucks. So, they, so then the guy who had the machine reverses the machine and says, hey, if you want to get your star remo- removed, jump in the machine and take it off. So all the original star sneeches jump in and get theirs removed, and now they're special. And the ones with the stars are now unspecial. And so guess what happens? They jump in and get theirs removed. And so it's like literally this revolving door of people taking them off, taking them on, putting them on, excuse me, taking them off, and the guys are sitting there collecting cash from all these morons. And then he takes off, and then it's all confusing. People don't even remember who had what, when, where, how, who, what. And then they all realize this is stupid. We're all equal. We're all the same. Why are we worried about something so dumb? This is, this is a lot like that. Because a lot of the people who pay for Twitter, Twitter Blue did so because they yearned to have that kind of clout and status. I don't know how many people come at me and like tell me how I don't, you don't deserve, who are you? You're not, you're not special. And I'd be like, dude, it's just a, it's just a tag. It, doesn't, it just means I am who I am. It doesn't mean I'm special. But people viewed it that way. So when Twitter Blue made it, accessible to anybody, people started signing up so they could feel special. But now, the very clout they signed up for is reversed because most of the people who, quote-unquote, had the clout are not going to sign up for this. So now having it is going to be something where people shame you and say, ha, you're paying for Twitter. You're a sucker, as opposed to you who need the video. I get it. 
So I think what they're going to come out with next is they're going to say, okay, we're going to have the truly verified people. You still have to pay, but you'll have a different color check mark to show that you're paying, you are paying for it, but you're still distinguished from those who are just trolls and people are anonymous and just, you know, someone with 120 followers who just goes on Twitter to talk nonsense. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is coming next. I, I think that's a uh, very smart analysis, and who knew we would ever get a Dr. Seuss story into this podcast. So uh, thank you for gracing us with that, and I learned something new about a Dr. Seuss story today. So It's a, I mean, great, it's a great tale about prejudice. Dr. Seuss was ahead of his time. Oh, his yes, time. he was. He was woke Absolutely. before it was cool to be woke, and then uncool to be woke. Is it uncool now or cool? I can't. It's cool to be woke, but not too woke, I think, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I get confused. Okay. So let's shift to our pop culture segment. And let's start with you before we get to my popcorn gate. You have something to explain to me first and to the okay. listeners. And then break down regarding Love is Blind, which is a right. reality I would like show, to correct? Say, yes. I would like to say, first of all, I do not watch Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. I have never seen it. Mm-hmm. I know. I literally haven't seen a second okay. of it. Um, I have no idea what's going on on that thing, whatever. However, uh, Twitter almost had a meltdown last Sunday because Love is Blind was supposed to be, have a live reunion show. And I told Aaron, I said, I promise I have a, a way to break, bring this back to sports, which I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they were supposed to have a live reunion show. Things went belly up. It like didn't work out. It didn't go live. It was a whole cluster they had that live event with um what was it um comedian oh my gosh why am i chris rock Mm -hmm. they had the live event with chris rock and that went well a few months ago this one did not go well the reason why i'm tying this back to sports is because we all know that we've heard rumblings before that maybe netflix wants to get into the sports broadcasting world well let me tell you sunday was a big egg on their face in terms of that and now networks are going to see, oh, they had issues with a reunion show. How can we put live sports on here? So bad, you know, if we did a who's up and who's down segment, let me tell you, Netflix in terms of sports, way down. They down bad. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I thought that that was really interesting in terms of streaming. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about sports going to streaming right now and that whole landscape and how to navigate that. Well, let me tell you, Netflix took a huge L in terms of that on Sunday. So I just thought that was really, um, really interesting in terms of the future with all these sports rights, things being negotiated and Netflix saying they want to, you know, they want to get in on this. Well, they got some work to do. So they, they got some crouton to do of their own to get some people <laughs> on that team to make that happen. So, so I, just, these I were- just thought it was interesting. These weren't things that you thought were fixable in the, in the short term? <clears throat> well, I mean, to be honest, I have no idea. I had no idea what exactly went wrong. Um, but I just, you know, the optics from the outside looking in are, hey, you guys are not ready for live sporting events if you can't handle a live reunion show. So uh, very, it's just, you know, it's just interesting to watch. It's interesting to watch different networks and i mean you know like obviously amazon prime did nfl all year and didn't didn't have any issues with you know in terms of that going live there was n- never really any issues i saw in terms of that so it's definitely possible it's it just wasn't 
it's just an interesting assessment of where uh, where the world is right now, where sports is right now, and where it could be in, in the future. Gotcha. So right. there you go. That's how a reality show about people uh, getting married to people that they have never seen before somehow relates back to sports. <laughs> Good job. I've done it. Good I've done job. it, everyone. Quality. Yes. Okay. Quality. Aaron. 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 Yes. Aaron. We, lo- we all know that Aaron loves to get himself in a good Twitter debate, especially if it's something incredibly random. And he did it. Yep. Yep. In fact, I had other people texting me your tweet being like, oh, Aaron, like, you know, Here he goes. Just, it wasn't even like anything bad. It was just like, oh, this is interesting, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Um, because you... Uh, you had some thoughts on a popcorn incident on a plane, and Dude, I, uh, I think you got some this. traction. I went off so, on this. People, were, people were why, like, why are you still why talking about you, this? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Why, why don't you Why don't you take it from here? I'm going to pass the baton to you. Okay. So, uh, a Toronto Blue Jays relief pitcher, Anthony Bass, tweeted a photo of his two small children sitting on a plane, two-year-old and a five-year-old, the two-year-olds and the four around the five-year-olds in the next seat to the, to the left of the two-year-old. And on the ground was popcorn, like maybe 25 pieces of varying size of popcorn on underneath the toddler's seat, a little bit in front and behind near the feet of another passenger. Um, so he, he tweeted out that a flight attendant just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a 5-year-old and 2-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess. Are you kidding me? So this became a thing because <clears throat> some people were saying, oh, you feel entitled that... Understand the picture wasn't on the plane. But they were saying, oh, you feel entitled that you shouldn't have to stoop so low as to pick up popcorn off the floor. This should be an opportunity to teach your kids about responsibility and cleaning up for themselves. Uh, why would you put the stewardess out like or the flight attendant out like this or the cleaning crew, et cetera, et cetera. It just became this big, giant thing. And so I thought it was fascinating because I felt like a lot of people were taking it, taking the opportunity to, quote, unquote, virtual single and, and attack this guy for putting out cleaning crews, which I thought was a little ridiculous. But as a parent... And as someone who's been on planes and witnessed what parents have to deal with with small children in many situations where I've actually sat next to a mom traveling along with two small children, I just was horrified at the lack of empathy for this situation. And so that's why I got into it with a lot of people, because I just thought people were taking the complete wrong angle on this one attacking them for being bad parents or not making these kids clean it up and trying to set an example. Most of the people saying that don't have children. <laughs> they just don't because if you do, when you're traveling with small kids and you get them to the airport with all the luggage and you're traveling alone as she was, and you're 22 weeks pregnant. I mean, she was showing, I saw a picture of her. She's like, she had the baby bump going. So that's, you know, I'm, I've never been pregnant, but every pregnant woman I've ever known, including my wife, Says it's not very comfortable to be walking around pregnant, let alone trying to deal with two small children traveling alone and the baggage and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, you get them on the plane. You get them quiet. They got their headphones on. on they're playing their little video games. You're not going to disrupt them to get on the floor to pick up popcorn. You're just not. It's stupid. Anyone who suggests that doesn't understand small children because if you disrupt them and then they get mad or start crying and screaming, now you have screaming children on the plane and the plane is pissed off because these two kids are screaming. And why are they screaming? Because she was made to pick or people wanted them, to, her to have the kids pick up the popcorn. So that's the first thing. The second thing, the most 
disrupted person on this in this entire situation would have been the guy sitting behind the toddler who had, you know, like six kernels of popcorn at his feet. And people were literally saying, how can you expect someone to sit in someone else's filth? Or Let someone use the word filth. I'm like, it's popcorn. So I put myself in, I always try to put myself in, my, in the position of the, of the players, right? If I'm the guy sitting in this popcorn at my feet, I guarantee you in no way in hell would I allow this pregnant woman or even a non-pregnant woman or even a dude to get on their knees and feet to, or excuse me, hands and knees to pick up popcorn at my feet. Like I would just kick it under the chair in front of me or I would just reach down and take the 1.5 seconds it took to just pick it up and throw it away. But the idea that people were, were, were criticizing this mom and then criticizing her as a parent because she didn't have her kids do it or her do it or, or she didn't want to do it herself was just mind boggling to me. Because you're saying then that you would have just sat there and let this woman pick up these, this popcorn at your feet. That to me is just completely classless. And I would never in 100 million, million years do that. Now, I've sat next to moms with small children and their small children do all sorts of things that small kids do. And every time I help like I, whatever they, you know, they're, they're juggling this and they need, you know, they obviously need another hand. Oh, you want to hold that for you? It might be a juice box. It might be a sippy cup. It might be a bag of something. Oh, please. Oh, thank you. And I just hold it for them while they deal with the kids. And then I give it back to them. And they're always like, oh, thank you so much. You're so nice. I said, don't think anything of it. I, I travel with kids. I have kids too. That should be how our society is. But the, but the way the moms thank me, they thank me like what I did is so rare when it shouldn't be rare. It should be a given. So I just felt like people were attacking the situation without any kind of like empathy whatsoever or acknowledgement that, you know, it takes a village. And sometimes in this situation, it takes a village. That all said, they have cleaning crews. Cleaning crews can clean up the popcorn in between flights. That popcorn is not hurting anyone. And so then people were going off saying, oh, you're going to put the cleaning crew out. The cleaning crew, they have vacuums. It would take exactly 4.8 seconds to vacuum that up. So anyway, there's a snapshot of what I got into. I'm horrified that people attack parents the way they do or something nonsensical like this. I'm horrified that people actually think a two-year-old should get out of their chair and pick up popcorn on a plane, a moving plane, by the way. And I'm also horrified that anyone who's sitting around them would want this to happen and allow this pregnant woman to get on the floor and pick up popcorn. It's embarrassing. And scene. I remembered what somebody sent to me who, like, I don't even think you know this person personally. It was, it was, um, the replies to this are quite a, it's like quite a social experiment. Yeah, social experiment, yeah. That, that was what somebody said to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, seems like a lot, much ado (laughs) about popcorn. I mean, it's 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 popcorn. popcorn. And so, I, so I threw back in people's faces who are there like who are saying, I would have cleaned it up, I would have been responsible. I don't know. I'm like, okay, so when you go to a restaurant, do you do you bust your dishes and clean up everything on your table so you don't put out the busboys and and, and, and the, uh, waiters and waitresses? No. When you go to a movie theater, do you get down your underneath your seat and pick up every kernel of popcorn that you drop so you don't put out the cleaning crew in between movies? No. When you stay in a hotel, do you make thing, sure everything's tidy before you check out? No. So why are you going to pay $1,000 for three seats on an airplane? 
your kid, your two-year-old spills some popcorn and you're going to be pressured or feel like you need to get on your on the floor on your hands and knees and pick up the popcorn when there's going to be a cleaning crew. And also, why don't they have a little minivac on the plane if it's a problem? Get the minivac. Done. Anyway. <laughs> popcorn, man. Hey. Who knew? Who knew? Know. It could it could spark the, this strong <clears throat> of feelings. So It did. It did. Anyway. All right. Whew, it was good to get out, get that out verbally, though. It's one thing to rant I'm about so, this stuff on Twitter. It's another thing to actually say it. I'm, I'm so glad you got it off your chest. I'm so, you know, you got your stuff off your chest today. I got my Twitter blue stuff off my chest today. We're having a cathartic experience on this podcast. And we're so glad <laughs> that you, the listener, got to be a part of it. Congratulations. Wait, you, think, well, you think people are still listening once I said popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> No, I think if the parents out there, I'd I be interested to see, to, to hear what someone say. So, the other thing that drives me nuts is, is false equivalency. Like people were saying, oh, you're the type of person who would leave a shopping cart out in the parking lot so someone could actually crash into it and hurt their car. I'm like, how do we go from popcorn on the floor of a plane to shopping carts and, and, and damaging cars? Those, those don't make any sense. And then people were saying that these, the mom and the, and the dad, dad wasn't there, but saying they were garbage people. Okay. Like, okay. They're horrible, elitist, garbage people because why? They don't want to pick up pop. Like, that doesn't make you a garbage person. It just means you don't think you should have to pick up some popcorn on the floor. Some people say, why give your kids a snack if you can't control them from making a mess? Hello? You don't have, that, that's when you know they don't have children. Yeah. Like, like, you're going to train a two-year-old to not make a mess. If someone knew how to train a two-year-old to not make a mess, that person's a billionaire teaching seminars across the planet on a, day, oh. <laughs> a daily basis. Let's see here. I think food <clears throat> makes kids be in a better mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a kid is hungry, mm-hmm. there's going to be a problem. So um, I think that you should probably give the kid the food. Just a thought. Everyone knows what it's like to be hangry. There's nothing yeah. worse than a hangry child. And I, I had to learn no. that on learned that early on because uh, my daughter was the worst. When she was two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, if she, sometimes her mood would change. She would be really difficult. And I'd be like, what is wrong with her? And my wife would be like, she's probably just hungry. Give her something. And you give her some food and boom, instant change in attitude. But they don't, know, always, how to know, they don't always know how to express those things necessarily. No. Um, so you kind of have to read between the lines sometimes. Because, yeah, we're going to eat in a little bit. But maybe you're in the car. and they, they, But they need the food now but don't know how to say they need it now. And now they're acting out. Not necessarily because they know they're hungry. That's why they're acting out. Because they're just become irritable. Because they're hungry. If you literally just hand them some food and they start eating it, completely different person. So, yeah, you want to give your kids some kind of snack on a plane, especially if you're going to be on that plane for two or three hours. You better give them a snack. Or they're going to freak out and start screaming. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) It takes a village, people. Support single-parent travelers with small children. All right. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> this will be my campaign platform. Ooh, ooh. Fentress 2024. I will support single parent travelers <laughs> with with super vac small vacuum cleaners on every plane. Okay. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> I think I think you I think you pretty much got have it. we digressed we di- digressed enough. All right. Yeah. But the, the sports tie is that it was the. Wife and child of a Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, so it counts. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress. She is Brenna. This isn't the Blazers Focus Podcast. Gosh, dang it! For the record.
three, two. Thanks for listening to you- the Sports by Northwest <laughs> podcast. I am Aaron Fencher. She is Brenna Green, who was laughing her head off at me. What are you going to say, Brenna? I said I think <clears throat> we should keep it in. Yeah, I, I don't, think, I don't think anyone's going to edit it out. So that's just life. Uh, but we'll be yeah. back uh, soon. We'll start picking it up with uh, this offseason going on. And uh, we'll see what other uh, pop culture shenanigans we can dive into. Thanks for listening. Please give us a five-star rating and uh, subscribe. And we'll catch you next time.